Welcome to this remastered version of a 2015 series called Judge Awarung Radio. This series was made possible by a community grant from the Mount Alexander Shire Council. Created for Main FM to be aired as short 5-10 to 10 minute segments to highlight and celebrate local Indigenous culture past and present. The series was shortlisted for the 2016 Reconciliation Victoria Heart Awards. For ease of listening, we've edited them together into 30 to 40 minute episodes and have linked episodes by theme rather than representing the order that they were originally broadcast in. So every time you hear the didgeridoo, you'll know it's the beginning or the end of an episode. We hope you enjoy it. Listening to a glimpse into the history and culture of the Jajawarung people. Presented by Uncle Rick Nelson and Ali Hanley. I, I refer to myself as a descendant of the Jajawarung people. Um, we've done some family research stuff on our family tree thing and traced it back to a man named Henry Harmony Nelson, who was born out around Carrollsbrook in 1855. Um, and possibly a couple more generations past him, but there's some contradictory evidence about him, so there's still some more research to be done on his parents and grandparents and stuff. Um, Yeah, um, and and basically he got moved around and um, um, he ended up up at Cameron Gunja on the... Goulburn River, Murray River, and, and that's where my father was born and he met a Castlemaine lady and and um, we, we, we find ourselves back here again. So the Jajarung land um, extends quite a distance. Can you describe it to us? Yeah, um, the Jajarung um, boundaries, if you like, um, start at, say... Um, run between Creswick and Ballarat, down to around to, to Mount Macedon, up to just below um, Kerrang, I think Cow Swamp, and then over to um, Charlton, um, and down to Avoca, and back down to um, um, Creswick. It basically takes in the Pyrenees Range, um, the um, Avoca, and Avon and um, Loddon River. Mm. Wow, that's pretty huge. Yeah, it is pretty huge. It's <laughs> around 2,000 square k's, yeah. I think. Do we know what the Jajarung, what that name means? Um, yeah, um, Jajar, Jar is sort of is a word for yes or or uh, ja, and warung is like, is like tongue or speak or speech. Um, so sort of it's yes, yes, speak. It's like the people who said yes or or um, something like that. Um, maybe the, and and we found out too, or we'll sort of know that most of the surrounding neighbouring tribes, about half a dozen, six or seven tribes. Um, it's politically incorrect to say tribes now, they're a language group. 
Um, they, their names mean no. Um, you got your way were wrong. Way is a word for no. Wada were wrong. Wada is no. Uh, watcha bullock. Uh, watcha is no. Um, and, and a few of those. Uh, and we haven't really sort of worked that out today. Why? Why that is? Um, we're still sort of trying to to work that out. Within the language group of the Jajarung, there's multiple clans. How does that work? Yeah, well, um, there's around there's 16 odd clans, up to possibly 20, around 20 clans. Um, a clan is basically a fa- extended family group. Um, you've got your, your cousins and your uncles and aunties and grandparents and and um, then, then people who, who um, marry into your clan or into your family, you know, some of their people might come across and, and, and hang with your, your family or, and it becomes a clan, let's say it's a clan basically. Mm-hmm. And there's around 16, um, possibly up to around 20 clans in the, in the Jajawa um, um, extended family. So today I'm with Rick uh, and he has spent a lot of time doing a lot of interesting things in his life but one of the things that he did was when the Calder Freeway was being built um, it used to be well, it was the Calder Highway and yeah. then it got changed into the freeway, when, the freeway around the year 2000 and um, Rick you worked on that yeah we worked on that when they move um, big groundworks like that they, they have to do um, indigenous cultural heritage surveys so we got to um, yeah yeah work on that huh? so what does that mean they have to get indigenous people in to judge whether or not it's sacred land mainly you're, you're there to help archaeologists you work with archaeologists we support them but yeah we're looking for Aboriginal heritage. So what sort of things were you, would you be looking for as you went along? Well, there's a, a few common things that are found um, around central Victoria. Uh, still left after the gold rush and stuff. And one thing, pretty obvious things, are, are scar trees. Um, you know, the Aboriginal people took the bark off the trees for various implements and tools and yeah. stuff. Canoes uh, being an obvious one. Yeah. So, yeah, we look for those. You know, fireplaces and campsites, um, which are a little bit rare because all the ground's been dug over a lot. But you just tend to find um, little things we call thumbnail scrapers. Um, they're little blades, sometimes aren't much bigger than your thumbnail. And they'd scrape back their spears and their boomerangs with these little sharp edged blades, uh, blades of stone. Mm-hmm. They'll get the shape and the smoothness and, and even um, incise little patterns into them and stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, little blades and scrapers. So sometimes we could find um, lots of those. In one instance in, um, at Carlsruhe, we, we picked up about 6,500 stone tools. So how far did, the, did you travel with the freeway from where to where? We represent the Jajarung Nation, so we worked from Carlsruhe to Ravenswood. And how long did that process take? It took a couple of years, yeah. I remember we were at Taradale and um, 
they were celebrating because they'd actually moved a million tonnes of dirt. Wow, it's <laughs> a lot of dirt. <laughs> yeah. And how did it how did it feel for you to you know find bits of remnants of of your ancestors and their life on this land? Oh look, it's, it's really a sense of pride and stuff. I think it's evidence, you know, um, actual physical evidence that um, Aboriginal people and sometimes your ancestors could have been there. Yeah, it could have been um, your great-great-grandfather who held that sliver of stone to yeah. shape his spear or his boomerang. Yeah, yeah. Wow, how yeah. amazing. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, you know, sometimes you work for days and weeks and not find nothing, but when you do, you so you get really excited. And yeah. Obviously the works didn't stop because the freeway went through. Was there a, a discussion about what would happen if you found anything really significant that would prevent the freeway from continuing? There's, pro- there's processes <laughs> yeah. uh, in place. We only worked where what they call sensitive areas or mm-hmm. cultural heritage material, which is a lot around waterways, swamps and rivers and creeks, and Aboriginal people tend to camp and travel not too far away from water. And some high points, they used high points for lookouts and stuff. Um, so there's these things called sensitive areas where we would, we would work. So sometimes we'd work for a few days and, and nothing for a few months. Yeah, sometimes sure. we'd get a few days for every week for a couple of months. Yeah, right. But there was uh, 15 or 20 people working, so to wow. rotate the work around. Wow. And what happened to all the bits and pieces that were found? Most of them went back to it. would go to the um, the museum, the Aboriginal Museum, Bundjalaka in, in Melbourne. Some of them would go to um, the Jajarung Corporation. Sometimes we would try and put them back and bury them in the same place and then the site retains its integrity because mm-hmm. once you take it away, it's no longer a site. So. Yeah. So, so we would try and bury them again if we could on the same place. And, yeah, sure. And record it and know where they are. Um, so, but, but, you know, the little blades are, and that are great, but when you find the ground, that greenstone axe head, man, that, that's amazing. Uh, Did you find yeah. one of those? Yeah, we found a few of those. Wow. Yeah. And were you able to keep any for your own as a memento for yourself or was that not quite the done thing? Um, no, no, that's not the done thing. Um, sometimes I'd slip one in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was your great-great-great-grandfather's. Yeah, could have chipped that stone. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. All right, great. Well, that's, that's really interesting to hear what you did there. That's amazing. Rick, one of the things you do around town fairly regularly is uh, Welcome to Country Ceremonies. Can you tell us a little bit about what they are and how you do them? Well, a Welcome to Country or a Tandarum Ceremony, as it's called, um, was a traditional thing that that, uh, the mobs done when they were visiting neighbouring groups. It had a whole process, like there's half a dozen probably elements to it. You have a feed and um, a drink of water and the resource of the land. Um, there's an exchange of gifts. And later on, you know, they celebrated by, like, dancing and stuff, corroboree, basically. Um, and, and the smoking part of the smoking ceremony, which cleanses the, the body of any bad spirits which may have come along with you or attached themselves to you or 
things like that. So when you do the smoking, this is probably what people will recognise if they've been to, you know, uh, any local event where you've been there doing a welcome. The smoking ceremony is the main thing people will have seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, probably got the most visual element to it. You know, but even back in the early 1800s, they were doing this to the European people as well. Um, of course, there's John Batman, uh, one of the famous ones. Um, he, he partook in a, in a Tandirum ceremony. And even uh, um, some of the shepherds and stuff, um, they used to call it the freedom of the bush ceremony because it gave them safe passage to travel through that, that tribal clan's country. Yeah, so, uh, you know, lots of events want them um, these days and, and community you know, and meetings and businesses and stuff. So, so who who's allowed to do uh, Welcome to Countries? Is, it, is anyone who is of Jajarong, are they allowed to do it? Or, you know, um, is it only you? No, no, it's not only me. It's... Um, Probably anybody who's inviting people into their country could could do it. But yeah, you know, there's the the um, Jajawaran Corporation in Bendigo. They they um, do a lot of them as well. And with the smoking ceremony, I know you use particular leaves and trees. Can you tell us a little bit about which ones you use and why? Yeah, there's the three types of leaves we use. There's um, managum. Um, the big old ri- river red gums that uh, represents the wisdom and strength of the elders. There's silver or black wattle that represents the resources of the land because I mean, we make tools out of out of that wood, so that re- represents the resources of the land and native cherry or cherry balart because that needs a host plant to. Um, to germinate and grow from it attaches itself to the roots of other plants to germinate and uh, that symbolizes the uh, need for the clan or the community to basically work together and stick together and help each other out yeah so they're the leaves that we use and you know we've had like even asthmatic people and stuff go through the smoke and they don't you know don't have any difficulty breathing and that are you allowed to do it on a total fire ban day? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Probably get put in jail. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Welcome to Country or um, that particular ceremony? Because um, you, no, you, you have a chant and you have the sticks. and. Yeah, you know, um, that's part of just the singing a song with the, you know, the, the music accompaniment thing, didgeridoo and, and clap sticks and... Yeah, and um, we do little chants, um, basically explain, um, you know, that they're coming on to emu country or or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, in a nutshell, that's sort of it. Well, we've got a sample of you doing a Welcome to Country ceremony, so we'll play that now.
Rick and Tani, you've recently been to Melbourne for a pretty special event. Can you tell us what that was? Uh, the Tenderum ceremony? Yeah, yeah. We were involved in uh, um, a Tenderum, what's called a Tenderum ceremony. Um, basically, it's a welcome to country ceremony. Um, well, uh, and which we've done with um, the, uh, the Kulin Nation, which is four or five of the Central Victorian tribes or language groups, as they're called today. Um, and, and we opened and launched the Melbourne Festival this year in Federation Square. Um, which uh, this was the third year. It's been ongoing for three years, but this may have been the last one. So it was quite a special occasion and, and really well um, taken, I think, by, yeah. the, by the public. So what was your role in the ceremony? We were dancers. Basically, we were, were the Castlemaine leg of the Jar Jar Wurrung representatives, I suppose you would say. There, there was about seven of us that went from Castlemaine three or four boys and three or four girls. And how old are you, Tani? Eight. Eight. Were you nervous in front of all those people? Yes. <laughs> I would have been nervous in front of all those people. And who else was there? What other tribes or language the groups? Wairang, the Wadawurrung, Tangarang, Jajarang and Boonwurrung. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically, they're the um, the, the members of the Kulin Nation, they, they were members of Central Victorian tribes who got on really well together and intermarried and, and um, you know, would have corroborees and, and stuff. Um, so those, all those groups were represented. There's probably a hundred dancers. So I've also had a chat to Will, who's a friend of Tani's at the meeting place, and he was also a dancer at Tenderum. I danced in Fed Square, Federation Square, I should say, um, with my mob, Wadawang. Every week we had to go to this place and we went on country to practice. And, and then after like four weeks or five, we had to go to Federation Square and each tribe had to perform. I was with my mum, my sister. Ronnie Jason, um, Uncle Brian, yeah, had to wear lap lap, yeah, had to wear like gum leaves on your ankles, you had to put oak on you, different like patterns and stuff, and your face and in your hair. Does it take long to do all that stuff? Yeah, a little bit of long, and it's cold as. So that was Will from the Wadawurrung group near Dalesford, talking about his experience dancing at Fed Square for the Tandarum. So, Rick, tell us who organised the Tandarum. Basically organised by the Elbidgeri Theatre Company in Melbourne. Um, they're, they're a theatre group, Aboriginal theatre group. And we had a couple of um, professional choreographers helping us with some of the dance. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the guy who, who ran with the, the men, um, he'd studied dance up in Northern Territory and stuff and an Aboriginal dance school in Sydney and so they were well governed trained, mm. yeah. So Tani, what was it like? Did you? How many people were watching you when you were dancing? Um, basically a whole group was dancing and basically everyone was watching. How many people do you how reckon were out there? How many people do you think were watching? Um, 500. 
Maybe two or three thousand, I'd imagine. And did the audience love it? Did they clap and cheer? Yes. Uh, yeah, towards the end uh, of the dancing, we um, we invited um, members of the Melbourne Festival Coordinating Committee, I suppose you call it, and the obituary um, coordinators to come into the the ceremony circle and, and dance with us, and and also members of the audience um, could dance on the spot. Um, around the, the circle, it couldn't get everyone in the middle of the circle, so it was, it was like a little flash mob, I think, what do they call them, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a, a, a one rehearsal for the general public a couple of days before the event. There, there's plenty of videos and, and photos floating around on Facebook and, and YouTube. I, I'd like to urge all pe- people to try and have a look if you can. It was amazing spectacle um it was amazing being part of it and i imagine it would have been great to to watch it um us victorians um cementing our culture back you know performing it you know of all places federation square in the middle of melbourne and there's you know a hundred or so dancers uh, it, was, it was amazing it was a great feeling to be to be in amongst that after the corroboree ceremony they had um bart willoughby played a set and Bunna Laurie from Coloured Stone played a set. Thanks Rick and Tani for sharing your experiences at the opening of the Festival of Arts in Melbourne. You're listening to a glimpse into the history and culture of the Jajawarung people. Presented by Uncle Rick Nelson and Ali Hanley. We would like to thank the Mount Alexander Shire Council for their generous support of this series.